Welcome. This podcast is for women who believe that laughter is the best medicine and honesty is the best policy. This is the Mel and Kel Show. Join us each week as we share real conversations in real life, as only girlfriends can do. Hi, I'm Melissa Webb. And I'm Kelly Hatcher, and together we are the Mel and Kel Show. We've been friends for a very long time, and I mean very long time. Long enough to know that life's ups and downs, well, they are best when shared with others. So join us each week as we talk about all things good and bad, related to friendship, family, and everything in between. We are so excited to spend time with you. Well, hello, beautifuls, and welcome to episode 86 of the Mel and Kel Show. This week is our final episode in our series on pride versus humility and then we're moving and grooving to a new um what was i going to say a new topic series a new topic yeah it just went blank all of a sudden hey mal how are you doing today I'm doing well. I have to say you sound so good. You sound so clear. We have to just give an apology for episode number 85. Well, and I think it was 84 as well. I am having the worst Wi-Fi issues in the last few weeks, and it's progressively gotten so bad. I am literally in my parents' house doing this podcast because I can't do anything. I can't look at my emails. I can't work out. I can't look at social media, nothing is working and good old Cox can take the Cox for me. I'm like done with them. I am got to move on. This is just not a good, a good situation. So we truly do apologize if we sound or not. We, if I sounded like a half hot mess, it was a hot mess. I apologize. And I also apologize about, I thought I uploaded it and I went to bed and internet went down again. And when I woke up, it wasn't loaded. And I was, I was mortified with myself. And I know it was only like two hours difference, but it's still, I was like, oh my gosh, I sucked at that. And I was like, no, it wasn't me. It was stupid cocks again. That's right. It was not you. You did everything that you could. And just sometimes failures happen, which kind of like is a great lead in uh, to what we're going to be talking about this week. So, um, right. Last week we had created a PDF that was a self-evaluation and Kel and I both encouraged everybody to complete that challenge. You know, our goal in this podcast is not just to entertain you, although we hope that there's some entertainment value in it for sure, but this isn't meant to just be a passive entertaining, listening 30 minutes. We are always trying to grow as individuals. We encourage one another to be our best selves. And together through three decades, we've done that. Like I am so proud of the women that Kel and I have become over the years. Not to, I mean, we have been hot messes and we'll continue to be hot messes too. (laughs) (laughs) But we're in it together and we are inviting you to come along the journey and to, you know, participate, don't just sit there and listen, but actually participate. So So right now, right now, wherever you are, if you're driving, if you're working out, if you're sitting, making dinner, and you're listening to us, go ahead, raise your hand. If you actually downloaded our worksheet and filled it out. Okay, good. Thank you for raising your hand. We appreciate that accountability for the ones that didn't raise your hand. 
great, go get it. It's still on social media. It's still in the link on the notes of our podcast. Get your butt in gear and fill this out. I like that. Yeah, go do it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. When I did it, um, and last week we talked about Kelly's uh, responses. One of the responses that I wrote down really stood out to me. And I had written down that one of my thoughts was that my work-life balance is unbalanced. And I want to just remind everybody that our thoughts are things we choose. And they're not true or false. They're just what we believe. They're our opinion. Somebody else could look at my statement and be like, oh, I don't think that's true at all. You want to talk about a work-life un, you know, unbalanced. Let me tell you about my husband right? Like it's not to be debated. A thought is a thought. It's my thought. I get to keep it. Mine is worse than yours. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I wrote it down. My work-life balance feels unbalanced to me. This is my thought, which got me to think. So if you remember that, I'm going to interrupt you. I think so too, even though it's your thought, I think so too. Cause you, you blew me off on Friday. You're supposed to spend the day with me. And you totally blew me off because your work needed to get done. So you had to take it off for work, which I understand. But that life part, I got the shaft. (laughs) And never fun, never fun (laughs) at all. And, you know, it's so interesting. It was a tough decision for me to make, but I had so many people showing an interest in this new course that I'm creating. That's um, I kind of feel like I took everything that I learned in that fifth year of college that teacher credential program, and I condensed it into one course to teach homeschooling moms, let me give you my all from my heart and show you how to plan your entire school year best. I mean, I was up again until two in the morning, making sure that it was ready because I had almost 70 people showing an interest. So I was like, Kel, I promised this. I said it would be ready. I've got to priorities. So she's right. I totally gave her the shaft and she was very accommodating and understanding and knew we'd reschedule and blah, 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 blah. But all the same, I made that decision. I put it out there and we can talk about this later, but put it out there, had it open cart, meaning like it's for sale now, put it out there for a Saturday morning to be like, here it is, everybody. It's awesome. You're going to love it. Not one person has purchased it yet. Not yet. I, I just, and it is a not yet. I totally agree with you, but I really think they're not understanding or see the value. And once they realize, and once they get in there, they're going to be like, holy shit, this is amazing. And you and I both have homeschooled our kids. So we know the amount of time it takes because you need to be organized when you're homeschooling. And sometimes you don't have that time with being the full-time mom and a taxi driver and a food <laughs> chef and everything else to prep and get organized. So this course, once people see it and realize it, it's going to be such a time saver for them. I, I know it's going to happen so. too. It's a not I- yet, but it will. Well, in that time, I had written this down, like, ah, there I go. I gave everything to my work again, this running my own business thing, which is a lot harder running your own business. If any of you are like, I'm kind of thinking about running my own business. It is so much harder 
than working for a company and getting a steady paycheck. Let me just tell you that right now, if you didn't already know it, so much harder. It's like, I always knew I had this much money coming in. It was always consistent. No problem keeping the lights on and the water running because I knew what was coming. And when you are an entrepreneur, you don't know what's coming. And there are literally dry months where you're like, uh, honey, I hope we can make our mortgage this month. It's, it's got its ebbs and flows like everything else. And so I feel like sometimes I give so much more to my work and sometimes it doesn't always pay off. And then I feel like I'm out of balance. So when I wrote that down, then I was like, I think I need to change this. And one of the first thoughts that came to my mind, Cal, was, I don't know, can people change? Like we used to hear people say, people don't ever change. They just don't change. They can't change. Old habits are hard to break or whatever. But what do you think about that statement in general? I have always in the past always said people can change for a certain amount of time, probably to please someone else. And then once they get pleased, they revert back to their original self. Uh, I've seen, I've seen that in marriages and um, like you're trying to fix a marriage. So you're going to do everything the other person wants you to do to please them, but you're still not working on yourself. And that's not what you wanted to do. You're just trying to please them so they don't divorce you. And then once you realize it didn't make a difference, you revert back to yourself. So that's kind of where I've been. But I, I do believe now I've changed. And I, and I think it's just because of you and I doing a lot of this together and working on our mindset and realizing both of us have this growth mindset. Like we, we will always try to find the greener grass and not saying the grass is greener on the other side, but on that growth mindset, it is greener. Like it is definitely greener because I'm choosing it to make it greener. So as long as I keep putting one step in front of the other and working on it, yes, I do believe people can change. And I really do too. The more I thought about it, I was like, change is growth. And sometimes growth can be uncomfortable. I get that. I've been there. We will continue to be there. Change is not easy, like you said, but it is growth. And so if as a person we want to grow, sometimes we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I was listening to this. um, I can't remember if it was a podcast or an audible book. Uh, Those two, I'm positive of it positive of it. And the woman that was talking, because I can hear her voice, but I just can't remember where, um, where, what I was listening to. Do you hear her voice right now? Cause we should talk about it if you do. (laughs) Not right this second. No. Okay, good. (laughs) But what she was talking about is something called the status quo bias. And what she was saying was that like people don't understand why a battered woman stays in a relationship where she's literally been sent to the hospital because she's been hurt by her spouse, boyfriend, partner, whatever. And she was explaining that it's the status quo bias is why she is doing this because the status quo bias says, at least I know what to expect because change is scary. And she could be thinking, how will I support myself? you know, how, where will I go? What will I do? How will I eat? Um, You know, all of these unknowns that change would require. Or I have a good one too, or nobody else would love me. 
nobody else would love me. Yeah. When you're, when you have been beaten, whether you're male or female, verbally or physically, your self-esteem is so shot. You're, you have no self-confidence. So on top of not knowing how to feed or live or where your kids are going to go, you also have that self doubt of nobody will ever love me. So I'll have to stay where I'm at. Yeah. And, and again, it's that fear of change or at least in this, I know maybe it's not great love, but I'm loved. Right. And, and, and a lot of times they will say, these women will say, I just know what I need to do or not do. I know what I need to say or don't say. I need to just, I just need to be better at not setting him off. I just need to know that when he comes home like that, I need to just, you know, do this. And, and they feel like they have some form of control because when we change, it feels like we're losing control. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, and you know, I mean, in high school, I had a very physically abusive boyfriend and I stayed with him for a few years and that's with broken rib, nose broke. I mean, not broke, but I mean, messed up a lot of messed up. And it, and I just, my thought was, you know, I've got this really good looking guy who's just hot as can be. And he loves me. And then he cries. So he's, he'll never do it again. And then you do it again and you get stuck in this pattern. And it's, it's easy for us to say like, get the hell out. What the hell's wrong with you? But when you're in it, you, you are in it. And it's, it's not a, again, it's just like addiction. It's not a light switch. It doesn't just automatically switch. You have to help yourself change out of those situations. I'm curious, Kel, like, did you have a girlfriend during that time that one, were people aware that this was happening or did you keep it secret? Two, did any of your girlfriends say, Kel, stop this, get out? Oh yeah, for sure. Lynette, Lynette was my best friend and, and she dated his brother for a short time. And I mean, she saw, I mean, we were blocking doors so he couldn't get in to where she was and her, his brother. So yeah, she lived it with me and it was scary. And she, she, of course, over and over, get the hell out. Like you need to stop this. You need to stop this. Was she the reason you finally did or what happened that made it that you finally did? Cause you're not in it anymore. I'm not, I, um, it, it was a, a bad situation that, um, finally opened my eyes that I can't do this because if I had kids, you know, they would be physically hurt as well and they may not have a mom. And it was, it was more of a realization that it's a family trait. His dad did it to his mom, his brother did it to his wife. Like it was a family trait and I was not going to take that chance. And, you know, the last straw was he bashed every single window in my car and with his fist and slammed my head against this A-frame pole and knocked me out. Like we're done. <laughs> it, but it, it was a, a long, a long time coming of, I wanted to, and I just couldn't. And then it finally, it snapped, but it was a long, I mean, police reports and bad stuff. So yeah, it, it's, it's not easy. It's not uh, easy. It's not easy. <clears throat> um, and I think it is, 
interesting in that when you started to realize, hey, this is a family trait, and if I were to have children in this kind of a relationship, how it would affect them was one of the first things you said. It's like sometimes we have to get out of ourselves for whatever reason. We don't see the worth in saving ourselves. We see the worth when we think of somebody else that this could impact. And especially as moms, you and I both being moms, like there's not much we wouldn't do for our kids. We put our kids before us often. Yeah, which is fascinating in and of itself. So when I was thinking about all of, you know, the the thoughts that were coming from the particular thought that I want to change, which is to balance my work and my life a little bit better. And I started to think, you know, can I, am I capable of, of changing that? And I believe I am. I said, self, let's was, talk about this. <laughs> I, I tapped into my future self and said, future self, what is it going to look like? What's it going to look like a year from now? And she was like, Melissa, it's going to be so beautifully balanced. You're going to have time in the spa, hanging out and having coffee in the morning with your husband again, and then a little bit of work and then go hang out with Cal and it's going to be beautiful. And so I'm looking forward to, to getting to her. Um, Can you ask that future self, when will that be, please? Because I would like a date. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll let you know. (laughs) But the thing that came up after that was realizing, so like I'm taking a course right now on how to, you know, build a business because I didn't go to college and major in in business. I majored in teaching. Like that's what I do. Business is something I'm learning now. So I'm kind of doing my own college course. And one of the things that I keep hearing said over and over is you have to be willing to fail ahead of time. And at first I was like, huh, what does that even mean? Fail ahead of time. I get it now. And it's something I wanted to discuss and offer to all of our listeners to be willing to stop failing ahead of time, because I think a lot of us do this. And what it means to fail ahead of time is to take that little journey in our minds. And we do this and we're like, okay, so I think I want to start a business, but you know what? I know nothing about business. And you know what? I don't even know what to sell. And I'm not a good salesperson and I wouldn't even know what to charge. And people probably wouldn't buy from me. And so, you know what? I'm not going to start a business. It's like, what? I didn't even try. I just failed ahead of time. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to not do that diet because you know, every other diet I've done, nothing works. My body just doesn't, it just holds on. Like I, I can't lose weight. So I'm not even going to, it's not even worth working out because nothing works. Why go to marriage counseling? You know what? We've been to other marriage counselors before. He's never going to change. I'm never going to change. This is just how it is. That was good. I, I was going to tag another one. And then I was like, okay, we need to stop. We gave him enough examples. <laughs> but that was fun. That was like a game. Right? Well, and I would just really love it if somebody listening right now is like, oh, I just came up with another one. Here's an example. Now, you guys, you have to get personal here with us. What is something you have failed ahead of time doing? We all are guilty of it. We've all done it. I've done it. You've done it. 100%. Yeah. It's and no judgment here. Yeah. No judgment. 
right? You could be like, all I've ever wanted to do is to keep a clean kitchen, have a clean house, a tidy house. Maybe your husband gives you such a hard time because you just can't seem to keep the house clean enough and you live with guilt and you're just like, yep, I fail ahead of time all the time. Cause I'm like, what's the purpose of reorganizing this pantry or, you know, whatever it is. Or you can justify that it only happens to other people. It's not going to happen to me. I've tried, like I've tried. Here's my prime example. Today, I heard that um, Rachel Hollis sends out this newsletter and in her newsletter, she talked about she, for the first time in 38 years, kissed another guy and now it's her boyfriend and now she's in a relationship. And I'm like, wait, you and your husband just divorced and your husband's already hooking up with this beautiful woman. And now you're like, what, why? Is it just because I don't have money? Is that why I'm not getting anybody offered on me? Like I, I need to make millions and then maybe it'll be a, someone's going to hit on me. Like I'm like, and then you, I laughed after I said it, but I literally thought it for a minute of well, how is all of these other people that have been divorced way less time than me, like totally happy with their relationships. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm really not ready yet. Like it's okay. Yeah. But I have to, I have to kind of pull the blinders off on occasion again of it's okay, Kel. Like I'm, 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 I'm good where I'm at right now. It's okay. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so good. Well, and I think that for whatever reason, our society gives failure a bad name. And, and I want to change that. We're going to change that, Kel. You know, and I think it starts honestly when we're like at school age, because what's the one thing you don't want to do when it comes to test time? You don't want to fail, right? Because like you have that the teacher who puts a big F on your paper in red. That's why. Like it's a bad thing. And yeah. I think that that's the age when we need to start to say to our kids, oh, this is so good to know that you've not mastered this information yet. Failure just means you tried, but you don't know it. Let's work on knowing it. Like it doesn't have to be a bad thing. In fact, I honestly. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I can come up with so many examples where I have failed and something good actually came out of the failure. Right. Like failing is not a bad thing. Good things can come from failures. Most times I think it does if you open the blinders and allow yourself to evaluate the failure. I just had a brilliant idea. Oh, I love brilliant ideas. I think that when we were teaching together and a kid got a poor grade on the test, we would always have the parents sign it and turn it because we wanted the parents to be aware of what was happening. But wouldn't it be more productive that when a child does poorly on an exam or an assessment type thing that the parent has to sign something stating they will come in, not the, not the parent, but the student for tutoring on that area, instead of just sign the paper, basically all we wanted is the parents to acknowledge it and scream and yell at their kid for getting, being such a loser and horrible grades and never (laughs) literally, I'm joking, um, but never literally talking to them. And you know, babe, let's look at this over. Like we need to actually look through this and figure it out. So why don't you take this back and now we're gonna have a study session and review all the questions that you missed so you do understand it. I I just feel that that would be more productive for teachers as well as parents. And then the student would feel more successful in the sense of now they've got it. Like, I don't know. That was my- I remember- 
I remember when Adam was uh, in elementary years and he really struggled with reading, spelling, anything yeah. around those areas. And, and I was the mom then who got the test paper from the teacher that said, had a little stamp and it said, sign here. And I mean, maybe because I'm a teacher, I don't know, but I always saw that as, hey, let's take a look at this. Let's see what you missed. And I would get frustrated if the teacher didn't give me either like the key that would tell me like what was the right answer, right? right? Like if all they did was give like a scantron that showed yeah. that it was a low score, I'm like, how am I supposed to help my child with this? Right. All this exactly. says is that he got a, you know, 68%, but I don't, how am I supposed to help him? Yep. Right. You just want me to be aware that my, my child is failing. You're not doing yeah. anything about it. We yeah. can't grow from those types of failures. That's, that's exactly, but, but we can't grow from failure. I agree with you. 100%. That's, I mean, how many, my mom has always said my entire life that whenever, you know, even younger, when I would, something bad would happen and I'd go to her crying, she's like, you know, it's a little stepping stone. We're going to learn from this and you're going to take the next step. And, and I've, I remember crying thinking, I have so many stepping stones. My heads are in the clouds. I don't need any more stepping stones. But she's like, yeah, you do. You really do. We always need stepping stones. You need to keep pushing through. Well, and I feel like it's the failures that push us to where we're really so supposed to be. It's like when I finished teaching and I was living in San Diego, I had wanted to go get a job in San Diego as a teacher. And I didn't get a couple of the jobs that I had applied for, but I had heard about the city, Marietta. And I was like, oh, what's up there? I'll go check it out. And Nothing. I remember- Nothing's up there. It was, yeah, nothing. <laughs> it was tumbleweeds out there. It certainly was back in our day. And I went up and I started subbing and then I was hired. And the failure of not getting hired in San Diego made it so that you and I met. You, you know, ended up being there at the same time. It's like, I am so glad I failed at getting a job in San Diego. And it's at least a minimum of 20,000 less working in San Diego School District versus Riverside County. So, you know what? There, there was a couple perks. Me and money. It can't That's right. And being able to afford a house, a beautiful home. Like there were so many things good that came out of the failures. And it's one of the things we want to leave you with this week. As you're thinking, you better download our PDF. Once well, you have good. that. You don't sound nearly as scary as I do, but that was cute. <laughs> Once you have your PDF, you can write on that. What are, take some time to really think about this. What are some good things that came from failures? Make a list of some of the things that you would call a failure in your life and spend some time thinking about the good that came from that. I, I guarantee you, you'll have some things. I love it. I love it. Okay. One last thing. We saw a really good post that as we close out, I think this is what we want you guys to think about and see if you agree with us. So it's stated, Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. Boom. I love that. That, Boom. Is, that is a mic drop right there. And I think it goes with everything we've talked about in this series. Pride and humility are also not opposites. You can be both. You can have pride and be pleased with things that you're doing and remain humble at the same time. You can fail and you can succeed all at the same time. That's what we want to leave you with. I love it. Download the 
the um, worksheet, visit us on the socials, ask us any questions you like, and until next week, we will see you on the socials. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to connect with Mel or Kel, be sure to follow them on Instagram at the Mel and Kel Show, or you can find them on their website at themelandkelshow.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.